Hey there, enthusiasts, and welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, I am the law, I am Judge Greg. On this episode, I'm sitting down with Baron Fang, host of the Point Streak Podcast, as we discuss Thor The Dark World. Today we are going to talk Thor The Dark World. Now if you have not seen Thor The Dark World, we are going to spoil this movie. We are going to spoil mm. this. The Avengers is open. The first Thor is open. Uh, the first Captain America. Any movie that has been released yep. in the Marvel Universe up to this point is fair game. You, we, you've been warned that yeah. anything is fair game. Alright, because otherwise I have to worry about what I say and I don't want to do it. So, yeah. Thor The Dark World, directed by Alan Taylor, who's not you know, really the kind of guy who brings a whole lot to the movie just because of his name. But it was directed by Alan Taylor, starring Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, and Tom Hiddleston once again revising his much-loved role as Loki, the god Mm -hmm. of mischief. Yeah. So, Jeff, you saw Thor, The Dark World, correct? I did, yes. Just just in the last uh, week and a half or so, I I caught it. Uh, Though I've got an interesting perspective because while I have seen... The other, uh, let's, what do we want to call them? Avengers or Marvel Universe type films t- today? They, they, they call it the cinematic universe, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Uh, let's, let's just refer to them what they are, is the Avengers commercials. Yes, yeah, exactly. I've seen all those, but I, I did not actually see the original Thor. Now, I feel like I have because I can infer so much from the other films, Avengers in particular, about Loki but uh i didn't actually see the <laughs> i didn't actually see the for, the first one and and i, I it's it's interesting uh, that i managed to enjoy it as much as i did with what should have been some rather large blind spots <laughs> yeah so did you ever like at any point when you're watching the dark world did you ever think to yourself like i don't know who this person is or what they're doing here or why i should care you know what um not really uh there was a couple of times um look I, I should I should say from the outset I even though I read some Marvel titles I don't read enough about what's connected to Thor to know a lot of these characters well I mean I know who Odin is and I know who Loki is and Thor is from mythology so yeah that's easy enough to figure out right. who's who's related to who I didn't get who Idris Elba's character was but I didn't feel like I didn't I didn't feel like I couldn't understand that he was on the side of right uh, the one character that I uh, the one character that I was a bit confused about was the um, female warrior, because I, I gather there's some ongoing, hey, you should be marrying her, not this human woman thing, plot thread line r- running from the first film. Um, well, th- that's that's uh, the, the Lady Sif, as you're referring to, played by uh, the lovely Jamie Alexander. That's yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And she's phenomenal. She was, in fact, she was one of the names thrown around for Wonder Woman, who I think might have been a better choice than who they picked. But that's a yeah. whole different podcast right there. Um, yeah. But in terms of like that whole the that triangle between her and, and Thor is what you saw in the Dark World. It's about the same amount of time and effort they gave it in the regular Thor. It's like, oh, look at her. Yep, look at her. And then she's yeah. looking at Thor. And then Thor's taking his shirt off, and you know, quite frankly, I'm looking at Thor that way when he's taking his shirt off. <laughs> uh, but that's that's about it. Like they never got into that too much. And for those listening, Idris Elba plays Heimdall, who's the guardian of the Rainbow Bridge, known as the Bifrost, which is how people get from um, from the Thor world. Where oh, what is it called? 
mid mid uh, Asgard. Uh, mid, Asgard to Midgard. Midgard to Midgard. Or, Midgard yeah. being, being Earth. Right. I, okay. I just imagine there for a second people were screaming into their MB3 players like this guy doesn't even know what Asgard's <laughs> called. So, sorry. <laughs> Um, and yeah, there, there might've been a few other ones here and there that I was a bit confused about, but, uh, and, and I, I, I knew who the insane Stellan Sargard, uh, Stellan Sarsgard, <laughs> Skarsgard doctor character was from the Avengers, yeah, uh, enough, enough to understand that he was tuned into this multiple worlds thing that there was going to be talked about, um, yeah, it, honestly, I I thought I would I would have expected to have been a lot more confused for someone who had not seen the first one, but it, I I it really didn't hold me back that much. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, I I, I didn't find myself con- confused much at all, really. Well, that's 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 good. I would have, you know, I guess I guess I would have thought you would be, but then as I'm thinking back to the movie, it was pretty decent as far as. The first movie, I hate to say this because I did enjoy it, but basically nothing happens. Like, Mm. Thor gets sent down to Earth as a human over the course of about a long weekend. And during that long weekend, (laughs) he falls in love with a girl, he learns humility, he comes back, and then he gets in a big fight with Loki. And at the end of it, he destroys the the Bifrost, the bridge, uh, which apparently was not that hard to fix because... It's back. It's back now. <laughs> it's like two years later. They fixed it, but he still hasn't gone back to Earth or done any other stuff or gone to see Jane again. And like he shot down for the Avengers, and he's like, "Well, I couldn't talk to you because you know I was busy. In I was New busy York. in New York." Yeah, I, lo- like, I love that line. <laughs> but, but then I think about the end of the Avengers when they're all like sitting in that restaurant, like eating eating shawarma or whatever. That's what it is shawarma. Is that right? I thought it was. I, honestly, I thought it was a gyros or something like that. But I, I could or gyros or however yeah. the hell you say it. But I could be wrong. I, I was assuming it was shawarma because like Tony Stark said something like, "I really want shawarma." So they all went there, which I thought was funny because I'm also pretty sure Captain America got shot in there sometime. <laughs> it seems like he'd be like, "Guys, this is this is cute and all, but like I got shot in the chest. <laughs> I would love to go to a hospital right now." <laughs> Super soldier and all, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, he's shot, and then Thor's all like, well, I had time to, you know, get takeout. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't drop you a line because I had to, and then I couldn't travel back and forth, even though Odin used his magical MacGuffin powers to let me travel for the sake of this movie. Yeah. But it, it, the true story is, like, we didn't have the budget for you in the Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah, So exactly, yeah. None of you people get to show up. No. One yeah. thing that... I noticed, and you might have a different perspective on this, but like when you have Doctor Selvig and like uh, Kat Dennings played Darcy, who was uh, Jane Foster's assistant, like it really felt like they had nothing for these people to do. Yeah, I mean that whole thing about him, her, uh, Darcy's character bringing her to the uh, uh, singularity or whatever you want to call it, yeah. where all the gravity wasn't working right. That seemed to be really her main point in the film was to 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 bring her to that area where like the physics was breaking down or whatever and other than that it was comic relief really i guess yeah she i mean in the first movie like when when thor is alone and he is a human again and you don't have all these other people around him like his other thor buddies then it makes sense that you need to have humans to round out the, the cast because it can't just be you know chris chris hemsworth and natalie portman the whole movie but in this movie, where like the other warriors are there and Jane comes back, you don't need these people anymore. They they yeah. they aren't adding anything, and I felt they got a ton of screen time for not really doing much other than, you know, running around and and calling Mjolnir Mew Mew once because that <laughs> yeah. that was apparently funny. 
Yeah, yeah. I it it uh, and and then the assistant's assistant gag, which which that got, uh, that got, got, got old, old. <laughs> incredibly fast. <laughs> and I I don't recognize that guy from anywhere, so I didn't even have like you know recognition of saying, oh, he's funny. I know him from somewhere. So yeah. No, I I know which is like he was just so out of place, and you're like, is this is this all that we is that all that we're going to get the, as a payoff for this? Yeah, like just yeah. just this running gag that oh. Get it? I'm the assistant, but I have an assistant. Isn't that funny? Yeah, and you know they're not getting paid and all that jazz. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's um, yeah, it it just felt like they were padding it out a little bit. And it, given it was 112 minutes, they yeah. probably could have they probably could have cut that five to seven minutes out. And I I mean I wouldn't have missed it to be not perfectly in the honest. Slightest. Although somebody who did get a real short cameo, and it's always nice to see him getting work, is Chris O'Dowd. Uh, mm. Yes, from, I like that a lot. Yeah, from uh, the IT crowd. Yeah, he's got some yeah, other and... super popular show he's on, and I feel bad that I don't know him for that. I always call him the IT crowd guy. Yeah, I I, I just saw a DVD cover of it the other day, and of course, uh, other members of the audience would remember him from uh, uh, from the Br- bridesmaids. Bridesmaids, uh, yeah, he played uh, but, uh, uh, bridesmaids. Yeah, I I want to say, isn't he on one of those Netflix original shows? I don't... Have I got that right? Um. The only Netflix original show I've ever seen is the uh, the fourth season of Arrested Development. Uh, okay, maybe maybe I've got that so, wrong, but uh, he, he yeah, might no, be. He, I mean, I don't... you're right. You're right, though. There, there's something we're forgetting that he's. <laughs> that he's it's in. a very big like with him, and he was like from South Africa, and he managed the singing group. And I remember it caused a really big hubbubaloo when they put him like front and center on the cover, and and not the singers. Oh, that was the uh, the sapphires. That was an Australian film. That was an Australian film okay, about yeah. these uh, f- four girls, uh, Aboriginal girls, that they they basically they do a um, uh, a Motown group effectively with him him you know kind of key- keyboards and managing them. And I, I I I'm not sure if it's Vietnam era, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I remember him being on the cover, even though he's meant to be a supporting right. And that uh, that bothered some people, but but anyway, it was as I said, he was he was probably one of the highlights of the movie for me because he's just funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if he, you, he makes the if IT crowd, quite frankly. Yeah. If you've got an if you've got a scene where you need it to be awkwardly funny, at, like they needed for that scene, um, he's the guy. He, he's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I, you know, Nat, Natalie Portman doesn't do. I, I mean, I I don't think I've seen her do romantic rom com stuff too effectively well. So uh, he he was definitely carrying the uh, the load <laughs> in he, he those I do not, date scenes. I I did not like Natalie Portman in this one. I didn't like her in the first one. I think she's wooden. And I'm I'm gonna say it. All right, this needs to be out there. I don't get all the Natalie Portman love. Mm. I just don't get it. I like her in I like her in some stuff, but. The more the more uh, sort of normal and grounded her characters are, the less interesting I find her. You know, like when she's losing her mind in Black Swan or something like that, I can yeah I can get it. But when she's just playing, you know, uh, an average wo- woman or something, and I I mean she's obviously not an average person in this film. She's like the doctor of super space yeah. or whatever she does. She, but... She's figured out interdimensional portals and yeah. in about you know the amount of time it takes me to figure out how to program the VCR. Yeah, yeah I said her, VCR. I'm old. <laughs> yeah. But any but any movie in which she's just playing an, an average per, person in their day to day life, I I tend to I tend to agree with you. She she doesn't um do, doesn't do much for me to be honest. Um, and I, and she, uh, clearly she's in this this film for name re- recognition. You know, someone to someone to pair up with Chris Hemsworth and um, 
who's now you know has enough name recognition on his own, obviously. But uh, yeah. good for they him. need it. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, I remember yeah. when you know Chris Hemsworth was just the who, you know, the guy who played Kirk's dad at the beginning of the new Star Trek film, and that was it. That's how <laughs> yeah. you had to explain him to people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> good for him. And Tom Hiddleston, I gotta say, he kills it as Loki, and yep. in every scene he's in, he does. I, I, you know. I, I, I hear a lot about Tom, Tom Hiddleston, like almost to a, a sickening amount, you know, because he's, you know, he's just so well loved, um, as is Chris Eccleston, who we'll get to yeah, in a well, bit. That's, but that's uh, another bullet point on my, <laughs> my little list here. Yeah. But look, if, if you and I, and I don't know about you, but I don't know anything else that he's I'm, I haven't seen anything else that he's in. I, I know that he's in some big made for TV Shakespeare thing that they did uh, years ago on British TV. And I know that I'm probably like forgetting a bunch of other <laughs> important stuff that he's done. But if this is the role that made him, then I I, I don't yeah. blame people for liking him because he's just he just he's great in it. I, I mean, he was great in the Avengers, but he just turns it up a notch here. Every scene is I mean, that the, <laughs> the scene where he's just kind of watching as the berser- um, berserker. No, not the. the, uh, the oh, see, so now you're putting me on. The, it's the, the weird, crazy, dark dwarf. Yeah, guy. Uh, he, oh. He's watching him clean up. And then the, at one point. The, at one point, the dwarf sees him behind the thing, and I, I think just calculates that well, there's no point. <laughs> there's no yeah. point getting into a fight here. He's in his cage anyway, and <laughs> very little is said beyond you know you might want to take the stairs on the left. Yeah. But <laughs> and even though he's playing across what I think is a CGI possibly character at the in that in that bit, um, right. or at least partly CGI, it it's pretty effective. Right. Just for the people who are now yelling at their their iPods, we just want to point out that that character is Algrim, and he's Algrim. a dark elf, not a, a dark, dwarf. So, a dwarf. <laughs> Did you say dwarf? I, I think I think we both said dwarf. So he's a dark elf. Oh he's no. not a dwarf. Please do not write us hate mail. <laughs> Yeah, no, he and he's he's in a couple other scenes, uh, one on one with some other people, and um, yeah, I mean, he just he steals every scene he's in. He's he's bitter where he needs to be bitter. He's nasty and snide where he needs to be nasty and snide, and you know, and and it also provides some comic relief and uh, and manages to uh, get a cameo for. Um, Cap America in there for about five seconds, just thrown in for the hell of it. That's right. In the <laughs> in, in the well. uh, deleted scenes, I think they actually did film that once with Tom Hiddleston, and I, I don't know if there was like a Chris Evans. They didn't know if he was going to show up, so like there is a scene with him all dudded up as Captain America. Oh, you're kidding me. That's uh, so. That's <laughs> maybe a reason to buy the Blu-ray. But then I guess like they found out Chris Evans was was there, and they're like, well, we gotta we gotta use him now. That's awesome. That that's that's cool. That would have been that would be worth seeing for sure. Yeah, but it's it's at least a good thing to to see. I I don't know if they just recorded it and then they could get Chris Evans, or if they recorded it so that Thor had someone to play off of, or you know, or so that like Chris Evans had a performance of Loki doing it, so Mm. then he knew like the intonation to use. Because I've seen that done before, like where you have like a person who is like being controlled by another character, so they have like. The guy play the lines like he would, and then you copy his performance. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. very famously uh, phenomenal episode of the the Justice League cartoon where they did that with uh they had uh, Flash and Lex Luthor switch brains. So to oh. record it, they brought the, both actors in together, and so they would have like the one guy read the line like in the Flash, and then Lex Luthor would like repeat the line with the same intonation that the Flash <laughs> would use. So it would actually be like the Flash was talking. 
um, huh. which worked really well in that episode, is one of my favorite episodes of the, of that show for that reason, because it just comes across like it feels like, you know, they're, <laughs> they're in each other's bodies. They're talking that way. It was very well done. Hmm. So you brought him up. So let's talk about the absolute waste of Chris Eccleston in this movie. Yeah. Um. I, um. Well, to start, I'll say as far as the character is concerned. Again, I don't know a lot about the. I don't. I don't know a lot about the Thor mythos. Um. I don't even know if the whole dark elf thing is based on real mythology or not, or whether Malekith is a is a, a character that's adapted from comics or mythology or or both. As but, far as I know, Malekith is purely a comic book character. I don't. I don't think he's actually has anything to do with. Yeah. Oh, okay, um, no, I stand corrected as I have just looked that up so that people don't again yell at me on the <laughs> iPods. Um, the the black elves they they yeah. are a part of Norse mythology, so there is okay there is some basis there, but I I yeah. don't believe Malekith has any actual Norse equivalent. They he they he's okay. just kind of the made up character to lead these other guys that they pulled from Norse mythology for the comics. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So I mean. I didn't go into this film. I mean, geez, I, I mean, okay. I knew that Loki was the villain in in the first movie. Right. Um, if you had asked me who's the obvious, you know, villain for the second Thor movie, I would have been like, I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't have any like, you know, yeah, he's for- I, I didn't. He's forgettable. Yeah, and- I didn't have any fondness for this character. Yeah. I have fondness for Chris Eccleston, but it yeah, right. It, I mean, it's, it felt, felt like a bit of a waste. Chris Eccleston is entertaining he's energetic he's got charisma um he's got just about everything you would want in a character who's not um quietly brooding and speaking entirely in a made-up elven language yeah 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 and and look in it you've got you've got a nerd sort of gasm type casting situation where don't ever got... say that again <laughs> Let's let's just make that clear. Don't, don't we don't we don't say you've that. got you've got Doctor Who and you've got the the love the much loved Tom Hiddleston in the same movie together. And do they even have a scene where they're in the I, same space for more than a few like seconds at a time? Oh, I'm trying to think if they even like shared the screen at any point. Like, because I all I know is like Loki and and oh this guy's name again Algrim Algrim or I think he was called Curse when he was like the big giant evil guy. Mm. Um, but um, Algram, like they had a lot of scenes together, and they played off each other quite a bit. But uh, I don't, I don't actually think he's got any scenes with Chris Eccleston. Yeah, th- there was a there was a battle, a brief ba- the brief battle where Loki dies, quote unquote, in the yeah. um, uh, whatever that world was called, <laughs> dark, not the dark world. Let's, the, we'll uh, just call it the dark world. The he dark was in the dark world. <laughs> Sure. You know, because that's uh, when, when they took the secret portal to, like, leave Asgard. It very happened to take them to exactly the place they needed to be, which is where Jane was, yeah. which was convenient. Yeah. Uh, and then they trick him and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, but, it, but certainly they didn't have any, they didn't, you know. They didn't play they, off they, each other the way they could no, have, the way no, any competent no. scriptwriter would have wanted them to do. Yeah. And again, I don't know whether Malekith was supposed to be... Um, played flat and dark and in in a different light like as maybe that is a, the accurate for the comment but if that's comic <laughs> but if that's the case why waste as you said a guy like chris yeah. eccleston who could light up the screen d- doing a more i mean a, i've seen chris eccleston play a a, a conniving villain mm-hmm. in uh elizabeth um and he wasn't over the top but he yeah. fi- he you know he stole you know when he was on screen 
you know, he he, he was, you know, yeah. a, a big screen villain. And Malekith feels more like just angry for the sake of angry. And, uh, you know, even though it's meant to be this, you know, eons long grudge or whatever it is, um, there's really very little time to, to let that breathe. Yeah, well, we don't movie. we don't really see the grudge, though. Like we have two different sects of ex, two different sections of exposition telling us that there's this age old grudge. But we never see mm. it. They're like, no, it's he hates us because of this book. Yeah. Like, here's I want to tell you why he hates us. And yeah. I mean, you sit there as, as an audience member. You're like, why can't you just show me? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be told. I mean, he's good at it. Like, I'm going to point out terrible movie. He was great in it. G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. I was, oh, it was Destro. Yeah. It was Destro. <laughs> yeah. And he, I think I think he, he was, listen, there was not a lot of bright points in that movie. It was basically him and Brendan Fraser's cameo. And the rest of it was unwatchable crap. <laughs> I didn't even know about that cameo. I might have to go back and check that. Yeah, one it was out. in. A, it's, there was this training montage where where Duke, played by Channing Tatum, grown, uh, is training with Snake Eyes, played by Ray Parks, which is good casting, but had re- weird costume. But anyway, so there's this training montage where they're training together, and mm. like Brendan Fraser just walks in as they call him Lieutenant Stone, just some random GI Joe to be like, hey, let's watch this. <laughs> and he's like during the whole fight he's like oh oh that's gonna hurt and then he leaves and that's his only scene in the movie <laughs> yeah um but yeah no I, for the most part I, I tend to agree with you with chris eccleston i mean i i i don't even know who you know you could have picked a no name really for for the character given all he was gonna do like just this crazy action set piece which is what we're gonna get to next and you know saying some stuff which is dubbed so doesn't matter what he's saying or what his intonation is because we're not paying attention to how he's saying it. We're trying to read the bottom of the screen. You know, there's a reason in Star Trek everyone just speaks English. (laughs) (laughs) We understand it's not realistic. I want to be able to appreciate the performance, not read the bottom of the screen, and completely ignore how what he's doing or saying. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so let's let's talk about this fight. Like the centerpiece of the movie. This is it seemed it seemed to take a long time. And bear in mind, I've seen Man of Steel, so I know a thing or two about long, drawn-out battle sequences between superheroes. Yeah. And this one seemed like they were taking a long time, except very unrealistically causing significantly less damage than Superman did. Yeah, and um, a lot of the uh, the way that it was shot uh, with close-ups at weird times and stuff made it harder to follow, plus a lot of like swirling dark and light and all that. Yeah, didn't, and didn't they're falling in and out of... like. They're going like between different worlds, and I think they showed up in like the frozen giant land for a while. And you're just yeah. It's like I don't know what's going on, or if their fight is even accomplishing anything. Much like in Man yeah. of Steel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it was building to that point, so I guess they felt that they had to draw it out for you know five to ten minutes or whatever it ended up being. Yeah. <laughs> and then inter- intersperse it with freaking comic relief, oh, of course, which they, was, they couldn't help. It was horribly painful. And you're watching, and you're like, I don't get, I don't even understand why they're fighting. Like, you know, when 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 Thor fights Loki, there was something there. And I'm talking at the end of the first one, where there was this fight between them. First of all, it was short. Yeah. Um, and there was like there was a given purpose for what they were fighting for. And this one, like, I kind of got lost. And it seems like Thor is just being the distraction, while like the supporting characters turn their sensors into things that can harness yeah. portals. Which, listen, I I guess I'm not a scientist. <laughs> but I don't think that's how it works. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and not to not to change the subject, but um, I was and, and again, not having seen the first one, maybe I didn't get this, but I was surprised how much uh, fighter combat there was <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> like, was that was that new from the first one? What do you mean by fighter combat? Like when the uh, when when the dark elves first attacked um, uh, Asgard, oh, like with like they, all their they, spaceships and stuff, and, and they came in in these spaceships, you know, and it turned into it turned into like you know like cannons and yeah, there was <laughs> and fighters. No, there was not a lot of that in in the like in the first movie. Like most of the uh, most of the fighting takes place either on on the frozen ice ice world with right. you know Thor and Sif and the Warriors Three, and then on Earth with Thor and Sif and the Warriors 3, and then Thor and Loki on the Bifrost. So there was none of that. It was all just those characters fighting. And then this movie, you get a whole lot of, like, like Star Wars sequences. Yeah. yeah. And the Warriors 3 stuff got cut down quite a bit, I gather, because uh, I, at the start of them, that was one thing I did feel. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention I felt a little out of touch on was uh, Thor and all his f- friend warriors that were helping him f- mop up, so to speak, they, you know, they did appear later in the film. The one guy with the rapier and yeah. the vaguely, you know, uh, Japanese-looking guy, but it not a lot of screen time compared to uh, right. our Earth friends. <laughs> yeah. Now I feel bad because, like, I, I honestly, and like, maybe this does not make me quite suited to talk about a Thor movie, but I know they're the Warriors Three. I can't tell them apart. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at a cheat sheet right now, and there's Fandral, and I think he's like the Robin Hood Errol Flynn guy. And and Volstag, I think, was the big fat guy. Yeah, who's not that yeah. fat, but he he think he's fatter in the comic books. And then Hogan is uh, the uh, Asian guy. I I don't know uh, yeah. a better way to say that, and I apologize. Um, yeah. Sif obviously stands out from the group because you know she first of all she actually has a character in this movie that has yeah. motivation, and you know these other guys are just like their their character is we're Thor's friends and we like to fight. Yeah, that's their yeah. that's their collective character, and you know, other than maybe Volstagg likes to eat too. Yeah, but um, I gather that Rene Russo returned uh, from the first one too. Yeah, right? she was she was in the first one. Um, you know, I saw the first one very recently, and she didn't really have a a great big part in that one either. So you know, I think probably best if if you don't have, if you can't think of anything for her to do, just kill her off. Yeah. What they do, I said spoilers. Yeah, uh, although it's interesting, like if. If Frigia can die, uh, why isn't Loki dead? <laughs> if, you know, because like Loki's what? not dead, folks. In fact, I, 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 yeah, another spoiler. Yeah. But I mean, he did look mortally wounded to me. Uh, sure, at least dead. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they will explain that in the next one. But they certain. I mean, and granted, I, you know, I saw the Avengers in which the, you know, the. The setup to you know the the whole he would control people was de- was determined by a stick that you poke people with. So I I realize that uh, that attaching a lot of um, yeah. uh, co- common sense to this perhaps doesn't make much sense. But you know if she can die by I mean how did she she got killed by uh, she basically got killed by um Algrim Algrim, uh, Algrim no right. not Algrim uh, I think Malekith killed her yeah so, no it had to have been Algrim because that, otherwise Loki wouldn't have been all mad at Algrim. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not remembering that exactly in my head because very few scenes in this movie were memorable. Yeah. Um, actually, that makes me. <laughs> that that makes me remember one of my favorite Loki scenes in the movie, where Thor goes to uh, mm-hmm. pay his respects after she's the mother's dead, mm-hmm. and you see him sitting there in what appears to be his cell, you know, just kind of calm and smug. Yeah. 
And then after about a minute says, you know, you can you can stop pretending. And then the illusion switches off and you see his whole cell has been just absolutely wrecked. And yeah. he's in like rags and clearly been like battering the walls out of frustration. That was that was kind of a yeah. nice. Uh, that was nice that was a very nice touch. It, I mean, it just goes to show they spend more time building up Loki and his character than Thor. This movie yeah, might as well have been called Loki, the Dark World. Because they do. And uh, it's clear that whatever they're planning on doing in the in the third one. Um, although it'd be a shame if they didn't do Thor four, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just for the name alone. Um, <laughs> but like, based on the assumption that they will probably stop it for, uh, yeah, it, everyone's it, it, got their own different number of movies they're signed on for. So it's, it's weird like that. Yeah. So and I, I don't, I don't I, know right off the top of my head what Chris Hemsworth has, but I know I, I, if it's like, I think Chris Evans has five movies that he's got to do. Yeah. So maybe. Including Avengers 2, I assume. Right. So I think, yeah. So we, th- the name is failing me. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier. Is, is considered number three. So right. everyone's assuming that then there's going to be like another Captain America and maybe Avengers 2 or like maybe just Avengers 2 and Avengers 3. But yeah. I think he just, he does the five and then he's planning on, on, on cutting and running. I don't think he wants to do anymore. Right. And uh, as for Iron Man, I mean, at this point, if Bob Downey just shows up for the Avengers sequels, that'd probably be enough. I think to that's all he wants everybody. to do at this stage. I think he just wants to show up for the Avengers sequels. I don't know how many movies he has left on his. I'm, yeah. I'm fairly certain that because he's he is the guy who's run off with the most money because he had some rider in his contract that mm. he would get a cut of all the movies that Iron Man is in. No, okay. <laughs> well done. Yeah. So, good work because he's basically he was he was easily the highest paid guy on Avengers because that movie made all the money that's in the world. Yeah, yeah, and and then some. Yeah. Um all right, so let's talk yeah. about this end with Loki and Yeah. So since we're spoiling everything, we can talk about this scene. So, Loki, who we think is dead, um got stabbed in the chest if I remembering that scene correctly, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so got stabbed in the chest. Much like his mother, who mm. got stabbed in the chest but died, and we think Loki died, then he shows up and he's talking to Od- or Odin at one point, and everyone's like, "Oh, that is so Loki." Yeah. So we get to yeah. the end, and you got Thor and Odin, and they're talking about not nah, God knows what. Thor goes away, and it turns out it was Loki the whole time. So what happened to Odin? Yeah, um, I I don't know. Are, are they going? Are they going to explain that? I wonder. I mean, um, I. Anthony Hopkins would probably happily not do another one <laughs> if it was convenient. I mean, I'm sh- I'm assuming this is just a pain ch- a paycheck for him. Yep. In fact, I remember there being like a lot of uncertainty if he was going to be back for this one because much like Connery, he said he has said like I'm done a few times, yeah. to to my memory. So, um, but I, I mean, you'd think they'd have to film something, you know, of him doing the switcheroo or you know, fi- kicking him into another portal that he. <laughs> Has never told anyone about and and slamming the door shut. Uh, um, but uh, it begs the, it be, it also begs the question if if Thor was able to see through Loki in other Loki's illusions at other times, how is he going to sustain this? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, enough to build a film on like um, and but I don't know. It, it de- I guess it depends on if the next one is going to if the next one does a two year jump then I don't know how it's going to work. <laughs> right. I, I think it makes for a nice little ending for your, for your movie, but it makes, yeah, it's, it's a weird jump. And then, and then we have two stingers, uh, one of hmm. which is basically just a giant commercial for guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I ha- I know Jack squad about the guardians of the galaxy. This whole thing is like, I don't know what this collector is. I know he's talking about the gems. I vaguely remember from my childhood, the infinity gauntlet 
Yeah, but that's that is the extent of my knowledge. Is I remember this thing, and Thanos wanted it. He was at the end of the Avengers, so I think maybe they're finally going to pay off that teaser. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't know anything about that collector character, and I'm I looked at a wikia earlier about how there was some argument about you can't have we shouldn't have two Infinity Stones in one place. I, right. And I gather the Tesseract is I think the Tesseract the is stones? <laughs> now, I don't no. know if this is the way it is in, in the actual comic book lore because I don't really read comic books anymore and I don't want to be like downgrading about that like they're beneath me but I don't got time for that yeah and I've never really read Marvel and I don't know much about the Infinity Gems but I think they're playing like the Tesseract is the gem of the soul maybe the gem of the mind maybe. control because Loki was using it to control people's minds yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what the blue gem was, and they're they're saying that the Tesseract was that. Right. Um, okay. But I don't know. I I'm ninety percent talking out of my butt on this one. Yeah. But anyway, the ether, I guess, has been handed over to yeah. <laughs> to this dude and this is gonna carry on into into Yeah. And I and I have no I mean, I don't know. If you know little about Guardians of the Galaxy, I know even less than that. I so know I, I know basically it's Star Lord and then there's a raccoon and there's a tree. And then oh, come on. there's another big guy called Drax. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know next to nothing. It's, you know, it, it felt really arbitrary. But then I got to be honest, when I enjoy these comic book movies much more when I have absolutely no idea what the story is. So I can watch this thing and I don't have to walk out going like, they got Rocket Raccoon wrong. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. He's a raccoon. He was funny. I don't whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are looking at this one as just a, a you know, it, on the one hand, it doesn't have a lot of draw, <laughs> yeah. but on the on the other hand, uh, it's it's like a it's kind of a just a blank slate for them to. Right. You can do whatever uh, once yeah. you don't have people who's too concerned about the story, you know. Yeah. But because Marvel has enough cachet behind it, yeah, I think people are going to go, and even if they don't go for Avengers money. Uh, I think they'll still turn a profit on it, you know? Like, the guy they've got starring in it, uh, I like him, but they'll be able to pay him a fraction of what they've paid these oh, uh, yeah, from, other uh, guys. From Parks and Rec, right? What's his name? Yeah. Help me out. Uh, oh. I, can't, I can't remember now. <laughs> um, oh, it's going to... I have to look it up, because otherwise it's going to drive all of the listeners nuts yeah. if I don't... Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, yeah. Um, anyway, he, you know, he, they're not going to have to pay him Bob Downey money for this movie. No, no. I mean, this so is, this is his first like straight up starring role, right? Yeah. So this will be a as budget Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, well, as far as I'm aware, too. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, he's, he's so, been in a ton of movies, but he's always like some the the friend or the sidekick or some other guy. But yeah. So uh, yeah, they they don't need to. Oh no, it's not his first starring movie. He was the lead not... in the Lego Movie. <laughs> All right. He was that that well, counts. And here I thought it was Dane Cook. <laughs> No, that was that was planes. <laughs> uh, that was dumb. Anyway, um, say, and then the second stinger was Thor comes back. He kisses uh, Jane Foster, and then yeah, and then at that point, I'm like, I can't believe I stayed in the theater to watch this. But then <laughs> they at least show the ice monster chasing some birds, and I'm like, oh, he's yeah. just like a dog. <laughs> they forgot about him. <laughs> he is all over <laughs> London right now. Haha, <laughs> he's probably killed people. <laughs> so yeah, I um. I, I, I stayed around for that. Well, I stayed around because I was trapped in a plane and couldn't go anywhere. So that's why I stayed. That's why I stayed around for I this thing. Around. I decided not to just jump out of the cockpit. I just, that's I mean, not how I, planes work. I'm sorry. I, I did it partially because it's just, I mean, everyone just assumes there's going to be a stinger on these Marvel films yeah. now. And, and I guess the only catch is, is that every once in a while, if I'm not mistaken, you don't necessarily get the same stinger as everyone else. I've heard that for some of these Marvel films, there's actually been more than one 
and depending on where you've seen it, you might have seen a slightly a, a different one. No, so I've heard that with like I think the uh, the Wolverine movies have done that, but I don't know if they've oh. ever done that with like any of these like the Marvel Studios ones. Oh, okay, yeah. maybe I've got that wrong then. But yeah, yeah it always worth staying behind the right. credits for these, even it's, if they are very long credits. It's funny because like the people who run the theaters hate this. Because they want to get no. it cleaned out for like the next. Oh books. yeah, and you got all of us are still sitting in our seats waiting. And I like it when you'll go in there and it's like it'll be either like The Dark Knight or Superman or one of these movies where like because DC doesn't put stuff at the end of their movies and the guys come yeah. in they're like there's nothing at the end. Yeah, just just go please. Just drop your popcorn ball and go please. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so what was your favorite part? What was your favorite part uh, of Thor: The Dark World? Um, look, I it would be easy to say look that that that. That that Loki scene uh, of him like showing he he basically lost it was is pretty high up there. Um, uh, next to that, next to that was probably just seeing him <sighs> palling around at the at the beginning there, <laughs> which was when the stakes were a lot lower. But uh, yeah, I, I like that stuff a lot, and um, it it was before it got super heavy and uh, confusing. <laughs> so <laughs> probably probably then um, I, I any of the Earth stuff really graded on me so i i, I lean towards i lean towards the asgard bits when things were yeah. less messy um right. what makes sense you don't you didn't come to thor to see earth no <laughs> reminds me of the uh, the masters of the universe movie from way back when we're like we're finally gonna see a he-man movie and he-man comes to earth and you're like oh awesome yeah 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 i think and yeah i think my favorite part has to be uh you know what it's gonna be the dinner scene at the very beginning with chris o'dowd he is he is funny <laughs> I think that was when I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun!" Oh, it's Chris O'Dowd, and then it was downhill straight from there. Yeah, that was my my favorite part, and culminated to the low point of the movie when Kat Dennings calls Mjolnir Meow Mew again. <laughs> like, I get it, cause she's dumb. Yeah, yeah, I get it, folks. All right, so if you had to score this movie uh, on whatever scale, these scores don't matter. Pick whatever scale you want to score it. What would you give this movie? Look, I I'd probably give it an eight out of ten, and and I say that you know knowing full well that yeah probably uh, requires some background to um, understand it, and for some I, I I find a lot of people, and I'm I'm kind of in this camp, feel that if a film doesn't stand on its own two feet, you should score it lower. But the fact is, these are a different sort of animal; they have to exist within this metaverse or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we'll get flack for that term. I'm sure yeah, I've I'm misused sure. that term. Yeah. They they can't stand on their own any more than Empire Strikes Back, which is well loved, <laughs> it <laughs> could stand on its own. So if, if Empire Strikes Back can be the best movie ever made, and it it requires uh, Coda on either side of it, then then I can say that you know I really enjoyed this, uh, having you know really no no expectations other than expecting it to just expand upon. What w- what radiates out from the Avengers movie that I saw, uh, you know, six to eight months ago, and uh, um, I I, I, f- I find the, the casting was uh, I, I found the casting was pretty good, even though I agree with you that Natalie Portman is uh, probably not well suited. It, it, more I look at the posters, the more I think they picked her because her head comes in at chin level on Chris Hemsworth, which is kind of visually correct for the Thor character. <laughs> But beyond that, I can't think of why uh, anyone thought she was the right choice. Uh, I, I think Hiddleston probably gives it a star or two on his own. Um, and I say that as someone who's tired of all the yeah. – <laughs> I love Tom Hiddleston's talk, but I have to admit, uh, he really uh, – you know, I, I would – I will watch the next – I will watch the next Thor movie purely to see what he brings to it. And 
if they don't if they don't try and incorporate him somewhere into the next Avengers movie, even if it's not in a major role, they're idiots because the, yeah. they, they they need to he, make use of of the tools they have. He butters their bread. Yeah. All yeah, right. I've, if I had to score this movie, and I'm going to be cute about it, I would give it three flying hammers out of five. <laughs> All right, um, it's uh, you know it's it was it was competent. There was a script, and they read off the script, and the cameras seemed to be working well, and it looked like there was a a reasonable CG team. Um, Idris Elba, it was is always good, even though he was. He just he's so underutilized in these movies. Like, what? Yeah. Why do you get Idris Elba if he's just gonna be that guy who stands at the door? Like, yeah. And he, he, Chris Eccleston is again. You got it was it was a lot of wasted opportunity. So I say this movie is it's just about average in every conceivable way. The people who really should be getting more screen time are not, and the mm. people who should not are. Yeah. And and so you know I would I would rather you take every single scene where Kat Dennings was in it. And you just cut them right out, and you give them to either Jamie Alexander or Chris Eccleston or Idris Elba. And I mean, I mean every scene, every scene that they're in, and then like cut Natalie Portman's role in half and give those scenes to Jamie Alexander. Because well, when, when I would, the I would watch the Lady Sif movie, quite frankly, because I well, think when that'd the Blu-ray be comes out, when the Blu-ray comes out, maybe there can be a Judge Dredd drag cut where, yeah. uh, where, where you do excise those, and, t- <laughs> and may, and maybe there are some deleted scenes that point that that are that stuff that you're looking for. I mean, you never know. I mean, um, I suppose I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. And yeah, I, um, I mean, as for Lady Sif, do you reckon they could do uh three uh wh- sorry, what are they called again? The three warriors. Warriors the, three. Do you reckon they could do a Warriors three movie? No, and throw I, I see these guys being like on a short that comes with like Captain America with the Soldier Blu-ray. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I mean the Lady Sif, she did show up in a in that the the Shield TV show. Uh. So you know, apparently people love that. I don't watch that show because I just don't listen. I've got time, but uh, yeah, I mean apparently she showed up in that and it was it was pretty cool. Um. I mean, I, I, I like Jamie Alexander. I like Lady Sif. I th- really thought she should have been Wonder Woman. I mean, I know people don't like to cross-pollinate between yeah. the different, like, movie th- studios, but, you know, I thought I think she kills it as Sif. I think she's wasted as Sif, and I think yeah. she she deserves better. And, yeah, I just don't think... I would love to watch these guys in their own movie, but, yeah, there will be a short that comes with Captain America. Yeah, well, that might not be a bad idea, really. Yeah. A little bonus extra. Yeah, why not? All right. Well, I mean, we got much more conversation out of this movie than I thought we would, given that this movie mm. was quite unremarkable. But maybe that that gives you more to talk about. When it's a good movie, you can't just sit there and be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought that was great, too. Yeah, remember this part? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> but anyway, hey, um, that's Hero Talk, everybody. Hey, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we hope to see you right back here for the next Hero Talk.